Welcome to the Model Car Podcast, a bi-weekly show about building scale model cars. This show is brought to you by the generous financial support of our Patreon backers. Our Patreon supporters get access to our behind-the-scenes Slack channel, patron extras, and even a chance to be on the show. If you can help support the show, please visit the supporters page on our website, modelcar.show. If you would like more talk about model cars, please join our Facebook group or our Slack workspace. Hello and welcome to the Model Car Podcast. My name is Justin Twyford. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host, the amazing and wonderful Mr. John DeZan. How you doing today, John? I don't feel very amazing. Oh, I've still been eating those cookies you sent me and they <laughs> are amazing. You're going to be the last person eating them. Everybody else is eating them up as far as I know. Okay. So I have a teenager in the house. Oh, yes. Cookies just disappear. These are very, very well hidden. Yeah, exactly. So I have hidden these and not only are they out of sight of the teenager, they're also out of sight of me, which means that they become a very, very deliberate choice. I take one out, I savor it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wonderful. I, I think you have a talent there and a skill that I just didn't know was as amazing as it is. So that's why I'm calling you amazing today, John. Thank ah, you so okay. much for the I cookies. You're very welcome. Mm. All right, let's get into modeling away from cookies because uh, I haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> and now you want a cookie, right? <laughs> I, I am. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, how do I get John talking for, you know, uh, 10 minutes straight so I can put my headphones down, sneak upstairs, grab a cookie, eat it, come back. No. Sneak out the cookies, making sure nobody sees you take the cookies. Otherwise mm-hmm. they're going to be pilfered. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll just have to wait till after we record. So this might be a very short episode. Although I do have to tell, tell you there was a friend. Uh, I delivered them to her. I came back home and I sent her a message and I said, have you tried me? She said, I've tried all three. And she said, I don't know what this one is mentioning the butterscotch chip cookies, but I love it. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe a 15 minute drive to come back from her place. (laughs) And they were all gone. Yeah, they're all gone. Yes. I explained about it. She said, well, these make me feel very good because the husband was dumb and got infected with COVID at work and got us quarantined. (laughs) He's not getting any of these. (laughs) I'm I'm just not sure it's uh, only the dumb people that are getting infected now. It seems like. uh, I don't think it's just the dumb people now, but this was, well, the second week of December, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Before Omicron started making, raising his head and saying, ha 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 ha, you suckers. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and it's not so much the husband's dumb, it's who he works with. Nobody else there believes in getting vaccinated. Mm. Both, uh, both of them were, tri- were triple vaccinated and still got it. Yeah, I think uh, everybody's got to be really careful with this one. Yeah. Scary, scary stuff. And let's, not, let's talk about good things. So what's, what have you been working on, John? I've been working on the 69... Uh, I'm <laughs> seeing what I wrote for show notes. <laughs> Been working on the 69 Super B and ended up with trouble with a capital T. Mm, I was wondering where we were going with that show note. 69 yeah, yeah. trouble. 69 trouble, yeah, with the 69B. Mm. <laughs> so, so what happened there? 
Well, we were going right along. We had the engine all in. We did, we put the hood on to see if it fit, and it does. And then I said, do I really want stripes? Yes, I want stripes. What color do I want? I want a white stripe on a bronze, copper, whatever color the color car is. I forget exactly what it is right now. And said, yeah. Mm-hmm. That did not go well. Excuse me. No, Ravel's decals were so thin and fragile that it was not funny. Mm, that's not good. No. So you stripped them and are now painting it, I'm assuming? Mm, that's an idea, but I'm not going there at the moment because we ended up with more trouble than just that. Apparently, they stick. They stuck real good. Oh. Because in order to take them off, I ended up taking off clear coat with the decals. Ooh, that's not good. No. So the clear coat has been repainted. I'm going to go back and polish it in a day or two and see exactly what that does. But remember, this is a model that is like 95-98% done. I'm not happy about this right now at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, I masked off and sprayed clear coat on a fully assembled, near fully assembled model. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, be- I'm being either brave or crazy. You tell me. <laughs> um, I could go heads or tails on either one of those. Yeah, let's go with both. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is it going to work? Madness is a fine line there, John. Yes. Is it going to work? I don't know. But give it a few more days of drying because this was done 20, let's say 22, 23 of December. I'm not going to stick that in the dehydrator and, you know, dehydrate the paint faster. Nope, not going to do that. There's just no way I'm sticking a 98% finished model in the dehydrator. <laughs> what could go wrong, John? What could go wrong? Oh, let's not go there. Hmm. Anyway, we shall see what happens. Stay tuned. You know, this is just like, uh, you know, cereals. Hmm. What were you using to take the decals off? That pulled your deck, your clicker. Well, off. would you, would you believe decal solvent and my thumbnail? There's no way it should have. That shouldn't have done that. I used tape to take off most of the of the decal, and then seeing it was very stubborn, I said, "Okay, well, we'll try." I had a toothpick that I tried, and that worked. Then I realized, well, gee, your thumbnail is perfect size. It's got you know, you know, you're not going to go through the paint. And <clears throat> famous last words, you know, you're not going to go through the paint. <laughs> Barbarians at the gate. Yes, barbarians at the gate. Yes. Hmm. Anyway. Well, let's hope that uh, works out okay for you. That sounds horrible. Yes, thank you. I also been worked on in that same the same day or the day after 240 Robert. Two since last time we talked about it, 240 Robert had some filling, had the roof put the rear roof put on, some filling done at the rear roof, some priming done at the rear roof, and around where I added the sunroof. And it was judged good enough for a color, so it's sitting in a coat of black. Mm, very nice. Waiting, that back got dehydrated. May get polished out today, may, maybe tomorrow. Who knows? We'll see. And then because I went looking, this goes back to me losing a friend on December 17th, I went looking through my Dodge Challenger because he owned three different cars since they'd reintroduced the Challenger. And I stumbled upon one that I'd pre-painted some years ago. Remember, this is a kit from 2010. Mm-hmm. I had a Surf Blue Dodge Challenger SRT8, and I took one look at that, and I said, oh, my gosh, I have to build this just because it's so darn pretty. Now, it's the AMT kit, which means it's essentially very easy. There's no engine, no, but 
WoW is it's right now it's sitting on the desk waiting for me to decide do I want one hood stripe or the other hood stripe and there's two other decals the 6.1 badges for the sides of the hood and it'll be done just be careful with the decals yes 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 because these are not these two took very long soaks to get off the off the sheet and they were very very fragile so I quickly clear coated them all to make sure I didn't lose any mm. But still, good. still one of one of those things didn't need that. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, cool. That's all that's being built right now. Yeah, that surf blue. I saw some pictures of that the other day. You did, you masked it off and did the black trim work on it. Looks really nice. Yep. I like yep. the color. Yeah, that's why it's got built right now. <laughs> it was. It just said build me. You know what? I'm sitting here though, as we are approaching the end of 2021, and 2022 is coming up less than a week away. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I remember when the Dodge Challengers came out and you're saying that was a 2010. No, they can't, this, the kit is a 2010. I think they came out in 2008, didn't they? Uh, 2009? I don't know, but it doesn't seem that long ago, does it? Don't know. No, it doesn't really. No, 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 no. I mean, no. like that's, you know, 10, almost 12 years, perhaps. Oh man, I'm just feeling old today, John. You're telling me when I realized, like, the, you know, I looked at the kit and it's, oh, good God, this is an 11-year-old kit. And it's probably been painted painted for 10 years. It's time to build it. Hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, maybe it's just because I was up past my bedtime last night. You know, I, I was up till 10 o'clock. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling old today, John. Yeah, staying up. I, I was considering last night, you know, just before going to bed, maybe I'll stay up on Christmas on New Year's Eve. And it's like, no, you're not going to do that, you dumbass. Yeah. Well, I, it threw off my whole my whole morning this morning. I'm usually up by four o'clock, and uh, God, yeah. This this morning, I I slept in, and then I had to rush to get the dog ready for the podcast. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's it's one of those days. Cool. So what what did you get in the mail? I saw you got some interesting stuff here. Yeah, I got a. Few things I got an Atlantis 132nd scale eight, 1980s Chevy Camaro Z28. Yeah, we talked about these. That out is that. a darn nice little kit. I'm very impressed. Really, really, the wheels you wouldn't think you'd get really nice wheels, but they're 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 100 accurate for an 80s Camaro Z28. I mean, I feel like I might might have to grow a mullet to build this car, but as we, as believe it or not, I've never built an eight, early 80s Camaro in scale. Ever. Mm-hmm. Early 80s. That was the later style, right? So that, uh, that was the, the bit more squared off car. The cars yeah, that got that's the what I was thinking. tunnel port fuel injection, I believe it was. Mm. Or no, throttle throttle body fuel injection. TBFI. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Cool. The first cars that got that. Not that I, I don't know what year it was. I don't think it was 82. It's probably 84, 85, like when the Corvette came out with it. <laughs> Regardless, nice little kit. The only thing that even comes close to looking vaguely toy-like is the tires. They really don't match up to the rest of the car, but there's an engine in there, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, that 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 totally blew me away. I looked at that. I said, excuse me? So, Holy shoot. Okay, so maybe the whole engine's five, six pieces. Yeah, but it's still got an engine. Mm-hmm. Do you have to get a new prescription for reading glasses in order to see it at <laughs> no, that scale. No, 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 it's not, it's, it's okay. It's smaller than what I generally build one thirty second scale, but it's very nice. Cool. I will have to look for those if I ever, A, get to a hobby shop and 
B, that hobby shop has <laughs> such things in them. Yes. Which I'm not putting a lot of faith in. Tisk tisk. All right. I, you got some other 30 uh, seconds. I got some stuff. other stuff. Yeah. From, the, from the cat, I believe. From, yeah. The cat. Yeah. The cat. The cat decided Chris Martin found them and the cat looked at me and he said, yeah, you deserve those. I'll pay for them. I was like, okay, I, I, I can work with that. My friend. <laughs> Both of them are minor grails, a, the monogram 132nd scale Chevy Bison truck cab and the AMT Ford CL 9000 truck cab. Lovely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very, very You lovely. had mentioned these on a previous podcast. Yes. It's been I've, grail stuff. It's been grail stuff. Yes. Now I've also scoured the internet and found pictures of the remaining 132nd scale trucks that I don't have, both AMT and Ravel or monogram, I should say, because mm -hmm. monogram originally tooled them. So, yeah, apparently I'm doing rather well on monograms and I'm doing better than I thought on the AMTs. <laughs> cool. Well, let's, uh, let's hope, uh, Gromit keeps, uh, selling that, uh, catnip out of the back yeah, door so that he can yeah. afford some more for you. Hey, he's got good sniff. <laughs> cool. And then the major grail, uh, boy, there's a story with this one. Uh, for many years, I can recall seeing this kit sitting on likely the end cap of the local Wolco store, looking at it every time we went to, the, to Wolco, which back then in the late 70s was every weekend, mom had to go shopping and we'd go to Wolco because that was the place to go. And sitting there on the end cap was the Ertl International Transtar 2 Eagle cab over. I can recall looking at it virtually every week, if not every week, thinking one of these days, one of these days, one of these days, I'd been burned by a by an AMT truck cab. I didn't understand the significance before between AMT and Ertl, but I'd been burned on an AMT Kenworth, tried it, you know, all that money for a kid and tried it and no, it didn't work. There was no way I was going to buy another one at that time. And of course, the, the trucks disappeared from the stores. I got enough skills to try it again. And, <laughs> and they were long gone by that time. It's just something about the box art on the truck is what sold me on it. Cool. Uh, Robert knew that I w really wanted one. He, he, <laughs> like most other modelers, he's got some sort of stash of partial kits and built ups and this, that, and the other thing when it comes to stuff. And Robert does do more trucks. He talked with his friend, our friend, I should say, Claude Boulet, and between the two of them, they came up with enough to make sure I got the kit. Lovely. That's so nice. Oh, it gets better because Robert is very picky about certain things. If he says, you know, he, to him, the first edition or the premier edition of a kit, as he calls it, is more important than the rest. What I have, the plastic is the premier edition of the kit. Oh, Nice. And the box, the box is a second edition from 1996. I didn't recall it being issued in 96, but it was still, wow. I actually have, actually have, actually have something to build that I never thought, never seriously thought because these are trading hands anywhere between a hundred and two hundred dollars. Oh. Yeah. For a kit like that, that's kind of a hard spend, isn't it? That would be, but. This one, yeah, this is not a hard spend apparently, but I'll have to build it. Cool. And lastly, that came in the mail was a Dave Parsley light bar for 240 Robert. That looked nice. That's a, uh, it has a particular name to it. Like a, what was it? Uh, I can't remember what, what you posted on. 
No, I can't remember the name is, I can't remember what the name is now either, but yes, it is, it has a particular name to it. It's fairly well-known name and it's a California specific. Yeah. It's decorated for a California specific light bar. It's right for 240 Robert. It's not just a generic one because it has two amber steady burn lights that face the rear, which is something California required at the time. I don't know if they still require it, but mm. this one has the two steady burns at the back. Can't say I've been behind a lot of uh, California police when they've got <laughs> no, they're, their they're, lights up. Uh, I, I know we're in front of them. It's a whole different story. Red and blue, red and blue, red and blue. <laughs> I, and they, they like their little um, hand lights that they have in the door pillars, the A-pillars. Oh, yes, the spotlights. Yes, they like those as well in California. I guess put on your side view mirror, doesn't it? Um, these are, they're in front of the side view mirror and there's a little handle on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets put, it gets aimed at your side view mirror. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> right before they taser you. Anyway. Oh man. That's a story for another day, another time and not this podcast. <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Uh, I love it. I, you, you did well this Christmas. Yeah. Did pretty good. Yeah. Very Thank nice. You. And then, I mean, I, you know, I got, I, there was something else I'd ordered too. It has nothing to do with model cars, but it's means a lot to me. Let's put it that way. Do you want to share? Well, if you don't mind, cause it's not model cars. No, no, not even really, not even really models. <laughs> I'm going to say that if people have listened to us talk for, you know, at least an hour to two hours for 77 episodes, they probably care a little bit more about what you got than just models. Okay. I, I consider myself an amateur historian when it comes to the local military unit. The shirt, the officially they were known as the Sherbrooke Fusiliers during World War II. Now they're known as the Sherbrooke Hussars. The unit themselves prefers to be just called the Sherbrookes. Mm -hmm. I knew roughly some of what they participated in during World War II. I know what. Others have questioned, did they really do that? Yeah, they really did do that. I've got a semi-official history book written by a former commander of the Sherbrooks. It's called Beyond Greenfields because the Sherbrooks were featured in a World War II movie that was of the same name or just Greenfields. Oh, interesting. Which is very, very interesting. Yes, if anybody who's even remotely into things, the Sherbrooks is one of two, maybe three units in Canada that have a Sherman that Sherman tank that landed on D-Day, never missed a day of action, survived the war, and came home. Mm. And that tank sits in front of their armory on William Street in Sherbrooke, Quebec. That tank is bomb from B Company. The Sherbrookes were also responsible for also responsible for killing the top Nazi. And yes, Nazi is the right word this time. And not not a nice word, no. But he was a card carrying Nazi. He of Hauptmann Führer. Michael Whitman. Michael Whitman was their supreme tank commander during World War II. He racked up more kills than anybody on any on any of, the, of any of the aces during World War II. Hmm. And they knocked him out. They knocked him out, the Sherbrooks. And from what I can see, it was B Company that did knock out him. Was Bomb involved in that battle? I have no idea. Did Bomb fire the the kill shot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee you that. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, so you, yes. you got a book. This book uh, kind of gives you the backstory then. Of all, oh, of it gives all you all of... the, believe me, it gives you the backstory that's 770 pages long. Oh, wow. Since I, uh, you know, I got it a few days before Christmas, I've been reading 
<laughs> at least 10 pages a day since then. So, yeah. Uh, there's a year-long project for you. But yeah, that's about what's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> and then next thing uh, you know, this will change into uh, the bomb building podcast. Uh, I already have the tank. Exactly. See, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Curiosity kills a lot of things, John. Yes. Including the ability to finish a 69B that's giving you a hard time. Mm, that's just sitting over there. It's mocking me. <laughs> it's telling you, don't use your thumbs, John. Don't use your thumbs. But still, the clear shouldn't have come up like it did. Mm. To me, a clear? Yes. Mm, that's not good. No. No, it's not good. And there was also, there's also a patch on the driver's side front fender where it came off. I'd noticed a mark on it. I said, well, that'll rub right out, you know, just rub a little bit with my thumb and off came the clear. I was like, what the frick? Mm -hmm. Well, I can just hide this. I said, I just won't take it to any shows or whatever. And after pulling clear off on the back end, I said, well, now we have to fix. Everything gets more clear. Now we need to fix it. No, not everything did not get all more clear. I just spot fixed it. Oh, you were doing your, uh, one-to-one -one scale car repair. TSC, thin, soft, close. Hmm. I got to work on that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so I've got a little bit of follow-up. Um, Hobby Link <laughs> Japan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we talked about it the last show. Canada Post actually saved the day. Um, I was on very good terms with my local post office uh, down in Vancouver. And it got delivered to them and they, even though they're not supposed to, and it's definitely against the terms of service, they forward that box to me. Damn. So after all that, I did actually get it. Uh, no thanks to Hobbylink Japan, who went radio silence after they threatened to suspend my account. So yeah, I did get it, some great kits, but, um, and, and you know, in Hobbylink Japan's defense, they were packed very well. The box was nicely done. They're actually, uh, they shrink wrap them together onto a piece of cardboard inside the box as well. So nothing bounces around. So, you know, some good things out of the packaging, but that customer service point, mm. um, and mm -hmm. you know, from some of the feedback I've got. I think a lot of people sort of agreed with me that, yeah, it was, it, it, it was a thing that happened, but their response was pretty brutal. Yes. You know, um, and is it a company that you want to deal with? Eh, well, no, no, no. You know, I've, I've kind of looked at it. I've been looking around at costs and selection at different places. I, I think if you're buying from them, I would put it as it's money you're gambling with and if it shows up great but i'm not sure i would trust them with um anything that you were particularly concerned about if you know what i mean you know mm -hmm. i would look at that i'll spend a 100 bucks with them perhaps and if i get it i get my 100 bucks worth if not that's kind of what i expect mm. so um you know however they did they did ship it they just shipped it to the wrong address their customer service so their customer service is, is lacks is lacking terribly. Well, their, their whole thing of, you know, if you hit the magic button, um, which, you know, and again, that magic button with the way they've got this, uh, private warehouse junk, 
you have to put it in there first before you even see what your shipping cost is. Hey. So it's, it's iffy. You know, there's a few things there that I don't like. But, you know, at the end of the day, thanks a, a heck of a good shout out to Canada Post for saving the day on that problem. And, yeah, you know, some good things came out of that, uh, despite the feeling I have for working with them in the future. Um, all right, let's move on to more positive things. I am in the process of venting my spray booth. Uh, I've got mm. all of the things I needed. Weren't you that way last time? Though? I don't think we talked. I think that was offline we talked about okay. that. Okay. Um, I have all the pipes hardwired in. I've cut down all the pipes to length, which is, how do I say that? Harder and more of a pain in the butt than I figured it was going to be <laughs> to cut uh, these pipes and then fold them together. And um, yeah, this thing is, it, it's, I've got clamps on it. Um, it's very interesting uh, because everything is ready to go. Um, and I'm just trying to think of a nice way to say this. This thing goes straight up about nine feet in the air and then does <laughs> a 90 degree straight out to the window. Nine feet. Good God, man. So, um, yeah, okay. it's a bit, it's a bit like a house of cards. So I had to make sure everything was extremely well put together and secured because that, that has a potential to falling down quite easily. And I also have, what do you call it? Those floating ceilings, I think they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not like you can just drill into a ceiling and put a mounting support there. So yeah. this thing has to be very, very secure. Yeah. The problem I have now, uh, and I think we talked about it. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show or not, is I haven't had a chance to look, but I am missing my drill. <laughs> so I need to cut a drill into there. Um, I've been having some fun, fun, I've <laughs> been the right word, um, with, with, uh, -huh. uh tools, my brand new dishwasher, John. You talked about that last time. I'm pretty certain. I, I had, I, I had it leak. Uh, I ripped it all out. I had the warranty guy come in because I realized, nope, nothing I could have done. It's broken from the factory. They have to oh. order parts. Yeah. Which means you're going to be waiting forever for those parts. Mm-hmm. And not, and that's not just current. I mean, my cousin in Ontario had, they'd bought a new fridge. I think it was, and I think it took three months to get a new part. Yeah. So, and this, and we're talking about 2017, 2018. So it's like, you know, don't say it's supply chain issues. Nope. It's not. Mm -hmm. So I've been playing around with taking things in and out of my wife's nice new kitchen and trying to get things repaired. And I'm spending a lot of time now. I know this sounds awfully privileged, Sean. Um, I have to use one of the other dishwashers that's in the house. Yeah, isn't that the princess's job? Uh, no, no. I, I actually have to bring all of the stuff downstairs. <laughs> I have to go down the stairs, John, with, with dishes Ooh. so that I can use either my dishwasher or Kaylee's dishwasher because I'm extremely privileged and have a silly house that has three kitchens in it. And three dishwashers, apparently. Apparently. Plus so, the princess. Plus the princess. Oh, the, the princess can't eat anything because she's on a special diet. Oh, boy. Let's not go there. Yeah, if it isn't, if it isn't, nailed, if it isn't nailed down, my cat will at least look at it. 
Um, Coco has uh, protein allergies. So she is on a very, very specific diet. She cannot touch people food then. Exactly. So, and she's good for it. She's, well, she's a princess. So she likes to be hand fed. So it's not a problem. Her Eh, jumping, looking for things. No, she's not. (laughs) She's too little to jump up on the kitchen table and take something off and Mm -hmm. run off with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is one advantage to a short dog. Uh, this dog is a pain because she doesn't climb. She doesn't jump. She uh, looks at you and woofs and has to be picked up. <laughs> That's the one thing my Sadie didn't do. My Sadie would climb. There was no, not cl- not so much climb, but jump up. Bing, yep. <laughs> uh, Coco, if she wants to go on the couch, which she does. We've got a brand new couch, which means whole new area to explore. Uh, she sits in front of it and woofs until you come and pick her up the, you know, 20 inches to the seat of a couch. She can't climb oh, it. God. She just doesn't. Well, that, just to show you how absurd that sounds to me, I, on one of my walks with my skipper key, say we encountered an uncle who has, at the time, I'm thinking it may, don't know if it was four-wheel drive or not, but he had a late model half-ton pickup. Mm. He offered us a ride home. I said, sure. I, w- I bent down to pick up Sadie. She was already up on the seat. She didn't jump into the floor, right up on top of the seat. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, this is something I had to step up into. No, bloop, right up there. It's like, oh, okay. Sadie wasn't a princess, though. No, Sadie was not a princess. Sadie was robust. Let's go. Let's walk. <laughs> she was a dog. No. She was a do- She was a little dog that thought she was big. <laughs> That's what she was. I have a little dog that thinks she's a princess. You have a little dog that thinks she's little. <laughs> she, anyway, um, I got a couple of dike casts that I'm considering building. Bad word, bad, 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 bad word. I w- well, that's what I was going to ask. Is that a bad thing? I'll give you heck for it, but no, not really. Sometimes it's the only way to get what you want. Yeah, I'm still, you know. I'm hoping I get a couple of days off this week with Christmas and uh, New Year's coming up. I'm hoping that I can get into the garage. Now, one of the problems, and again, first world problems, uh, my garage is not heated. This morning I took the dog out. It was minus 18 and with the wind chill felt like minus 27. Mm. My garage is pretty dang cool. So going and digging around, opening boxes, looking for tools, mm, nope. can't say is that high on my list of, let's see what I want to do today. Yeah. Let's get out a jacket and gloves and winter boots just to go into the garage to look to see what's in there for tools. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which may be why that tool hasn't been found since sort of last time we talked about it. But um, in the meantime, I've got a couple of, when I was unpacking, I found some die cast stuff and I'm just thinking, you know, should I just sit and build I'm also still missing. I realized uh, all of my sanding files and all of my knives have gone somewhere. Oh, they're still packed somewhere, apparently. So, dear, uh, I have my I have a set of everything that I take to shows with me that has one knife. It's got no replacement blades, but it's got one sharp knife. It's got one sharp knife. It's got uh, a, a little bit of polishing stuff. So I I could start, you know, building from that but um mm. i don't know i i just I'm, I'm so itching to build john it's it's killing me and you know the frustration you know having a wife with chemotherapy having christmas just upon us um lots of deadlines at work it's just not making for a great combination of 
time for me to to set things up the way that I'd like them to be. It's quite frustrating. So I I may be talking about podcast on the next show as well. So just to warn you. Uh-huh. Bad word, but oh well, that's all right. All right. I'll forgive you this time. All right, John, what's new from the hobby this week? Uh, from Airfix, we have a 112 scale 1930 four and a half liter Bentley. Oh, got lots of chrome on one this one, doesn't it? Twelfth scale. One twelfth, I repeat. Holy jeez, that's big. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm repeating it twice. That's a monster. Mm. Wow. This has been, uh, oh my God, from 1971 as a new tool. Yep. I didn't say it so was this new. So this ink has been around almost as it was new. Yep. Uh, you know what's really sad? Okay, you want to, you, uh, oh my God, John. <laughs> you want to feel old? We are talking about feeling old earlier. I'm three years older than that kit, so. This kit today is further away from the date it was issued than the date of the car was when it was originally issued. Oh God. So it was issued in 40 in 1971. So it, the kit was issued when the car was 40 years old. Yeah. Okay, the kit yeah. nowadays is 50 years old. <laughs> man. Oh man. Do we feel old John? Yep. So, uh, you going to get one of these? No. Full 1971, nothing good happened back then. <laughs> well, I was born in 70. Yeah, something good happened. Yeah, but by you, they have thousands of years of to get it right for the human being. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they still left it up. Yeah, sometimes. Moving on, Italari has the Fiat 131 Aberth from 1977 Sanremo Rally. Cool. Mm, thought you'd like that. Hmm. Hmm. It's actually a quiet week this week, but that's why I sort of cherry picked a few fun ones. All right. So this has, uh, this is originally the Esky kit mm. uh, with cartograph decals on it. Well, that makes up for the price right there. The kit may or may not be worth it, but the decals? <clears throat> yeah, they look very nice, actually. Mm-hmm. No, they're cartographed. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at all the uh, what's in the box. It looks like a fairly simple kit for the price. You, you said it was Eshi, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's part of the problem right there. Mm, bingo. Oh, I'm, te- I'm slightly tempted by that, actually. It's pretty cool. You know me, I got a, I got a thing for 70s rally cars. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> That's to tempt you. And expensive Italians, but you know, hey. This one's to tempt me. Studio 27 has a carbon fiber decal set for the Tamiya Ford Mustang GT4. Hmm. Studio 27, that's nice, too. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. their carbon fiber. If I have to do carbon fiber, the Japanese stuff. I mean, as much as I love scale motorsports, I just find their carbon fiber so picky to work with. I haven't worked much with it, so I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's just so fragile. It breaks very easily if you try to move it around or if you... Oh, you mean like the stripe on the Super B. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they make them super thin. If you get them... If you get them right, they look fantastic. But if you have problems, you're you know, every time I every time I do it, it's, it's at least two or three times. Oh, jeez. 
out of the price the decals go for. Hmm. So you've got a couple of those Ford Mustang kits um, sitting there ready to build. More than a couple, but... <clears throat> Are you going to go for this? Uh, just in the price? That's oh, not that bad. Um, 20 US, 2052 US. Okay. Maybe it's not that bad, but... Well, shipping will kill you. Yeah, the shipping will kill me from Europe, so... Yeah, it'll be 40 bucks Canadian by the time oh, you get it, I'm assuming. But... Even then, it only needs to come in an envelope. Oh, I've, I've been down this route. Remember the Senna decals? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it cost me like 11 or $12 to oh, ship those to me. Jesus. Pardon me. Uh, and you know the worst part about that? I got those in just before I moved. Guess what? You don't know where they are now. Exactly. I did see them here. They, they <laughs> made the move, but. Uh, <laughs> where are they? You don't know. Are they in the house? Yes. <laughs> they are in the house. I can confirm this, but, uh, you know, I have, I have a <laughs> lot of stuff and I'm not quite sure what, what room they're in, what pile they're in, what, you know, they might've got, if they got put on one of my bookshelves in my office here, which is extremely likely because it's the kind of thing I would have packed, <laughs> uh, you know, I've got a couple thousand books here, John, to go through. So, um, uh, could be anywhere. Oh, jeez. And this one, I think, can tempt us both. First world problems. This one yeah. can tempt us both. From Core uh, Model Productions or KMP, BBS wheels in resin for the Tamiya Ford GT. Oh. Hmm. I don't like the molded in tires on them, but the actual wheels themselves are lovely. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that the molded in tires were... Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Which, uh, you know, from the pictures, looks like you can uh, detail them quite nicely. But I would have just preferred the the tires, themse- uh, the wheels themselves, not the tires. Yeah, I see that. However, one thing that you will notice. The package includes four units, but it doesn't say that they're separate or not separate. Because if you look underneath the main picture, you look at the detailed portals where the wheels are painted aluminum, the tires are painted black. Yeah, but if you look at the package, you can actually see it all as one unit. Oh, I know. If you look at the package, it looks like they're one piece. If you look at the, the wheels, the detailing somebody's done on them, it looks like they're separate, but. That's just good paintwork, John. Yeah, better paintwork than me. Hmm. hmm. Oh, da- definitely. If you look at the, the first zoomed picture of the wheels, no, there's no way that's separate. No, I don't think so. Um, what I. But I love the hole. I love the holes in the spokes, the lightning holes in the spokes, the wheels. They've done a good job on these. These are nice, huh? They're beautiful. If the tires were separate, I might have to have a set of those because I do have the Tamiya 4 GT. Yeah, I picked that up not too long ago either. Uh, $43 US. Not cheap either. No. Like I say, if the tires were separate, then we'd be doing. Mm -hmm. But the tires are not separate, so we're not playing that game. I don't know. It's still tempting. Still tempting. I'll I'll let you be the brave one. Uh, we will see. We will see. <laughs> All right. Oh, this looks cool. Pre-order status. The Hasegawa 1967 Volkswagen Type 2 Transporter. In other words, a pickup. Mm-hmm. I have one of the original versions of this, and I want to do it as sort of a weathered version. Mm. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I looked at that, and I said, oh, I might have to have one of those myself, but we shall see. The... Parts, uh, the 
the truck bed, mm-hmm. the sides of it actually fold down. Oh, if you, again, if you look at the detail photos, they show one with the side folded down. Mm-hmm. And you can also get the extended cab for this one as well. So you can make it into the racing truck for Porsche. Ah, okay. That would be cool. Yeah. Or could be cool. Could be cool. Hmm. They're fairly simplified kits. I've built one. I built the Moon Eyes version of this kit. Um, they're pretty easy to build, but, uh, you know, they're been typical Japanese and typical Hasegawa. They're a little fiddly, but they build up very, very nicely and look great on, on, on a shelf when you've got them done. Very nice. I like this one. Also on pre-order, the Italeri VW Golf 1 GTI. Oh, this is the old Golf. <laughs> golf 1. <laughs> Not a Golf 2, which is, I think, no, the Golf 1 came. We got the Golf 1 in the 70s, didn't we? Well, it says 76 through 78, apparently, according to the box art. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right, but they became known, of course, as the rabbit here. I was going to say, is this not the rabbit? Yeah. With the little round headlights? It became known as the rabbit here. Every, ah, okay. Everywhere else in the world, it was still a golf, but here it was the rabbit. In North America, it was the rabbit. And they assembled them in Pennsylvania, I believe. Interesting. You didn't know that? No, I'm not a huge Volkswagen fan. Okay, well, I came home from the hospital in 1960 <clears throat> in a Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> which was replaced a few years later by another Volkswagen Beetle. The first car I drove was a Volkswagen Rabbit in 83. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got something about Volkswagen, so I've never owned one, but. Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagen, the people's car. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I had a girlfriend that had a um, Beetle. Uh, whatever you call them out here, bug, beetle, beetle, bug. And, uh, I, you know, you had to be careful when you got in and got out because otherwise you'd actually put your feet all the way through the floor. <laughs> I was a high school girlfriend. So, you know, hey. <laughs> she was worth it though, right? Yeah, she was fun. Uh, anyway, we won't go there. There you go. <gasps> oh, John, save me. What's coming up next? The service manager here used to love to play games with my dad. That's all I'm going to say. He knew my dad. I don't know how he knew my dad, but he knew my dad quite well. And every time the car went in for servicing, the service manager would make sure that the jack was moved to a different location in the car. Oh, that's mean. Yes, because one night we had gone to see my mom's best friend who lived in Stanston, Quebec. We were on Auto Route 55 northbound well after dark coming home and had a tire go. Dad looked, where's the jack? Don't tell me Donald's done it again. Oh, God. He walked across the southbound lane, across this farmer's field, and got to the farmhouse to, to call Donald at home. <laughs> Where did you put my jack? That's mean. <laughs> I mean, there's not that many places in a Volkswagen to hide them. No, I know. But, and I, I want to say it used, I want to say it was supposed to go under the hood which of course was the front of the car, but I think it was underneath the rear seat. So I was like, gee, as far as I know, that was the end of Hyde Kenny's Jack. Uh, yeah, I could see why. <laughs> I'm sure Donald's <laughs> wife was less than impressed at whatever time that was. Uh, works calling, where's that Jack, you know? Yeah. And I'm it. sure the words were not quite as nice as that. Well, yes, it probably was with my father. He wasn't known for swearing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 
I mean, if he hit his, hit his thumb, even if he hit his thumb with a hammer, it would be balls or something like that. That's not a cuss word. <laughs> hmm. All right. Yeah. We won't talk about my language skills then. No, no. Your language skills are considerably more advanced than mine. <laughs> Except uh, I can swear in French. Can you? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, yes. We're, we're not going to get into swearing on the, on the podcast. <laughs> you know what that'll do to my editing? Oh, John. Uh, oh, like super green trucks. Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's talk about this BMW M5 E39 that's coming up. Uh, from Ukrainian Scrail Cars Production is the BMW M5 E39 just announced. So coming soon. Mm-hmm. This is a newer M5 than anything out on the market at the moment. Yes, it is. Lovely. That would be the previous generation cars, right? Uh, I'm not sure which generation. A bit more are. square. The, yeah, uh, yeah. The Fujimi make an M5 from sort of the mid 80s. Yeah, this one would be more like late 80s, wouldn't it? This would be probably, I'm going to guess, naughties. Okay. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, I mean, it's it's BMW. They don't change stuff. Oh, yeah? Much. Have you seen one lately? <laughs> well, I was about to say until recently, and then they just made them ugly as hell. But, uh, yes. Those big uh, grills that they have on them now? Nostrils. Uh, they're, they're just ugly. There's nothing nothing decent about those uh what they the those grills anymore there's just nothing no now they've they've taken the theme and just gone to town with them but this is actually from what i consider a good looking sports coupe you know four door it just it just looks right uh these are just the 3d rendered um uh images at the moment but looking at this if they can pull this off this is going to be a nice, nice kit. Okay. This, these cars, the E, what's an E34 we said? E39, E39. Nine. Okay. E39. E39 was made from 1998 to 2003. Okay. I was right with the yep. early naughties. Yep. 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 Yeah. This was a, a nice looking car. Had to go looking. <laughs> I'm not a huge uh, BMW fan, but I, I could see myself going for that. This is from Ukrainian Scale Cars Production. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling it's not going to be particularly inexpensive, but it uh, might still be a good Includes choice. resin, rubber, assembly instructions, and painting instructions. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> nope. Uh, back to the Volkswagen T2 Transporter. Mm -hmm. Ukrainian, Ukrainian Scale Cars Production. Mm -hmm. makes the resin body for it for mm -hmm. that. So I'll just throw that in the show for notes the Porsche? too. You can see that. For the Porsche transporter is what you're talking about? Yeah. The extra cab uh, transporter. Yeah. Okay. I think this is the one. They do a couple things for it. So they have some cool stuff there. Oh, there we go. Here we go. I got the right one now. The trans kit. Mm -hmm. That's also going to be in the show notes because we talked about it. So <laughs> try to. Ah, uh, it does, uh, the Renstall bunker, uh, version and the state of the art racing team. Porsche. No, no, no. Let's go get the Mercedes. If anybody ever makes the Mercedes transporter from the fifties, uh, in plastic in 124 or 125, I will have to have one. I don't know. This one with the Jimmy Dean 550 on the back of it looks pretty, pretty sharp. Yeah. But the Mercedes were known for, you know, load up. All the team cars on the transporters, one transporter per car, and 
after the races and yeah, these were essentially, they were essentially low cab forwards. And <laughs> Do we want to talk about Mercedes and racing? Because that'll get us to formula one controversies in 2021. No, let's stay away. It's just, I have, I want the transporter on 125 plastic or 124 plastic. And yeah, I mean, we, we have the goal length. <laughs> we do. That'd be nice. Actually. I saw some stuff online about uh, Ravel and their restock price increases. Yeah, they've decided that we need to pay for these things now. Whew. And it's a it's a hefty increase. Uh, some of the Volkswagens that came out, the, the one that you got, right? The new ones are about 25% higher at, mm -hmm. short, at store prices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Went, they went from about what forty six dollars up to about sixty three dollars Canadian. Oh God! So, yeah, that'll. Hmm. If you are eyeing anything out for Ravel, I would suggest moving quickly before the restocks it because that's a chunk of change. Yep. Shipping to the supply chain concerns. <clears throat> that's an excuse to take up any price. Yep, I know. Anyway, mm. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Hey, John, it's the end. It's our last episode of 2021, whatever, whatever we're in 2020 Mark two. Um, the world is falling apart again around us. <laughs> it didn't, it, it didn't stop falling apart. <laughs> oh, that's kind of it. Uh, how did, how did your year go? Eh, not so good. Mm. Hobby wise. Yeah. The rest of the world, rest of the life. Nope. Mm -mm -mm, nope. Yeah. Um, did you, you didn't get to any shows as such, did you? Nope. Uh, I know some of our, uh, members did get to some shows, some club meetings. Uh, was there anything around you or did the, uh, closing of the border for most of the year kind of prevent you from, from going there? Uh, point out the border was closed again. It was only open for a few weeks. Oh, is it? So yeah, no. Yes. No, I, you, oh. you can go. I thought you just had to have these tests and stuff now. You got to have the test, which is going to cost you a hundred, two hundred dollars. Is that worth it for a day? Well, it depends what you're doing in that day, I guess. Yeah, I suppose it is. But for me, no, not really. Mm. If it was going to NNL East, then it's more worthwhile. But mm -hmm. just to go, you know, especially like here, I'm what thirty-five miles from the U.S. border. I can easily cross into the U.S. and be back, you know. In let's say two hours, I can go go do shopping, get cheaper American gasoline, get cheaper American groceries, and come home. Mm. It's not worth the hundred dollar or two hundred dollars of the test. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Have you have you ever visited, or do you still have your uh, PO box down there? Nope, PO box is gone. Mm. Unfortunately, lost somewhere in the system is all this mail that was in the post office box. Mm. Well, don't worry. I've been told after contacting the USPS, it'll show up eventually. Well, let's hope they're as good as Canada Post who can find me, even though they're not supposed to. Yeah, let's hope. But I think Canada Post is better than the Americans right now. Um, how about modeling friends? You got a couple of meetups, I think. I know you've got a certain slacker that uh, came in from Ottawa and you guys hung out for a bit. And uh, But that's it. <laughs> that's the well, yeah, I'm assuming you're hanging out with Robert and, you know. Well, yeah, of course, Robert. Yeah, local yeah. modeling buddies. Uh, just Robert. Hmm. Just for a bear. Cool. And of course, Ken Nisbet from, uh, from the Ottawa area, but uh, yeah, okay, that's cool. Hobby shop visits? Nope. Haven't been to one. Mm -hmm. We keep, Robert and I keep talking about, oh, we got to go to, to Les Pastes-Trois-Trois-Mille in Quebec City and 
or 3,000 hobbies is what it roughly translates to, which is supposed to be a beautiful hobby shop in Quebec City. Haven't got there yet. <laughs> We've been try- only been trying since July. <laughs> Probably not the best time now, where as we're recording this, uh, Om- Omicron in Canada, the new variant, which, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, you may be going, oh, I fondly remember Omicron. Because that wasn't so bad. You know, looking at Delta now, you're kind of going, ah, maybe it wasn't so bad. But anyway, um, that is hitting, our Canada is sort of heading back into lockdowns part two. Deep, deep, deep trouble. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had, yesterday was the biggest day for the provinces that reported ever in terms of number of cases. The other day, Canada or uh, BC told you to um, stop getting tested. And just assume you have it. Oh, we have not been told that here. <laughs> well, BC doesn't have any capacity. They can only do 20,000 tests a day and they're up over 21,000. Okay. So if you're traveling, uh, good luck. Yeah, I'm not sure you can even get a test if you wanted it in BC at the moment. But yeah, the, the advice that uh, our wonderful government gave us is, well, just stay home and isolate and pretend you have it. That's like really people, you know, anyway. Uh, that's how bad things are getting over here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in Quebec, we're looking at 9,000, no, oh, well over 9,000 positive each and every day of the official government testing. We've been authorized to get, we're allowed up to five free at home tests per month per person, Ooh. except of course children. And we've been told, of course, originally it was, if you tested positive, you need to go to the government. Go to go and get an official test, and now it's like, no, don't bother, mm-hmm. because we don't have the capacity to test them plus everybody else. Okay. Do you have any of these at-home tests? No, I do not have any of my tests, because there's no way I'm going, I renew my meds once a month, and there's no way I'm going to a pharmacy with other people begging for these tests who may or may not have it until I have to go for my meds. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't even think they're available in BC. We're a little backwards in some ways, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, luckily touch wood, haven't had to deal with it yet, but uh, we will see. I'm, I'm assuming at some point I'll have to have a test because of some exposure or something like that, but I just hoping I can avoid it. Luckily I work from home. I've got a immunocompromised wife. So, you know, we've been, <laughs> you better be getting tested. <laughs> well, we're, we're just a lot more cautious than the average bear, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad really. Um, so yeah, not a lot of meetings on the horizon for, for us. Uh, do you think, uh, you know, the summer will change things again? You know, last winter we sort of had Delta and then sort of late summer, it wasn't too bad. Uh, if we do the same thing next year, do you think you're going to try and hit a hobby shop or a model meeting or anything like that? I definitely want to hit a hobby shop. Like I, like I said, we've been trying since July to get to one. So, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Whenever I was free, Robert wasn't, and <laughs> so forth and so on. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's always rough. Yeah. Um. What about uh, purchasing? What did you buy last year that you thought was particularly good? Year before, we had the Tamiya Ford uh, Mustang that I think everybody really liked. <laughs> we haven't really done a. A survey as such, what what did you like this year, John? Anything stuck out as been a real winner? Not like the Ford Mustang was. 
I'm not saying there's any bad kits. No, but there's no spectacular kits. I don't think. Hmm. Well, we've talked about enough of them. Oh well, yeah, we certainly have. And you're, you're going to put me on the spot and say, what, what's, what, uh, you know, sticks out as your favorite. I don't know. Unlike the Ford Mustang. Um, hmm. All right. That, um, yeah. What is it? The, the Bronco with the sand crawl is kind of a cool one. That oh, it's it's very cool, it. but there's, you know, for me. It's still a re-release at the end of the day, right? Uh, yeah, there's that. And I'm, I know there's people who, who have problems with the trailer and the dune buggy so mm. yeah it's it's kind of a tough one for that i'm just trying to think what uh tamir brought out this year and even that uh doesn't really spring to mind the senna or was that two years ago i uh, was uh, that, that might have been this year i haven't built it yet and the mustang was uh, a proper car to build mm-hmm. the senna is a bit like the ferraris where you build the assembly and then you put the pieces on the outside and hope everything lines up. Oh, geez. No. Um, and I've seen some good results from it. Uh, so I think they've done better, but I, I, that's always just a, a little finicky starting with one piece body and painting that is just always a little bit easier and nicer and just a little more fun for me. You know, if you, uh, unless painting is your thing and detailing is your thing. Um, that, that just feels a little easier and a little more traditional to me. Sounds good. Mm. What do you think about, uh, aftermarket? I bought enough aftermarket for 3d printed stuff. and <laughs> I like that. Well, that's why I was asking because 3d printing seems to be getting better and better every year. Yep. Higher and higher quality too. Yep. Um, how, how are you, I, I haven't bought any, I've, uh, you know, Moving this year kind of threw off my modeling plans. Still is, for that matter. Um, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's okay. It's not my fault. I can't find anything, right, John? Hey, half blind, blind leading the blind. It's oh, mm. terrible. Don't move. Um, it's thrown me off. So I haven't spent a lot of money. I haven't invested a lot of money in these three D printing kits. But I would say, you know, in sort of the three years that we've been doing the podcast, that has become not just more prevalent instead of resin, but also the quality is getting better. It's, you're no longer getting shapeways with ridges that you have to sand out. Yeah. You actually get a quality piece right from the manufacturer, from what I've seen online, from the pictures that our, our community shares with us. And I know you've got some stuff. What, what do you think? How's that really going in, in so far as hitting you as a consumer and also what do you think it's doing to the resin community is is it a threat to the resin community yet or are we still in the point where both of these industries can sort of coexist i'm hoping we're, we're well we are we are both can exist in fact i know there's at least one resin company that will print a 3d master and then use that to cast from interesting mm, yes you take that one master, you know, fix, fix the bridging, if you will, and, and you cast it and yay, good to go. <laughs> Have you got anything that's been really good 3D printed? Any aftermarket parts that you're terribly impressed with that you'd want to share? Yeah, but I can't quote names, <laughs> even if I wanted to. <laughs> it's all very limited interest items, you know, there's, it's all for tow trucks or fire apparatus that I've been collecting in 3D. So <laughs> if you're not into those, you wouldn't know what, <laughs> what it is anyway. 
Do you still get ridges on them or are they, uh, not that I've seen. And this, this was all printed by Shapeways in the past year. And it's like, this is very impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because I think that is a, a trend that is going to get cheaper, perhaps less expensive (laughs) in the 3d printing part. Are you kidding? Anything get less expensive? Come on. Well, Jeez, come on, get real, Justin. Okay, I, I'm an Apple guy, so I know nothing gets less expensive. You just get a lot better stuff for your for your for your dollar. For yeah, your. that that I yeah, I might go with that, but to say it gets less expensive, no, there's nothing gets less expensive. I I figured it would get a little bit more less expensive, particularly uh, the ability to get into a quality rig at home. I know one of our slackers mentioned they just got a 3d printer for christmas mm-hmm. um so i'm just i'm just wondering you know but that still requires the knowledge of how to make the files to print mm-hmm. i don't have that <laughs> that's like anything else you just download it off the internet don't you uh yeah you can do that and some places will charge you to do that too mm. hmm. interesting things change but also things stay the same yep nothing's free that's true. That's true. How do you feel about the upcoming year? Are you hopeful? Are you uh, nervous? Do you think anything's going to change as far as model car building? Aside from prices going up, I don't really see anything that's going to be beneficial to us. I mean, I haven't heard anything spectacular announced, although we know there's rumors of this, that, and the other thing, but nothing announced that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, besides staying alive, I mean, I think that's a big enough goal for 2022 the, after the last couple of years. Well, yeah, and you're, we're, you know, we're talking about Omicron saying it's the worst possible. No, it's just very contagious. If you get it, it don't usually end up that bad at all. Ooh. Unlike Delta. Delta was harder to catch, but if you got it, ooh, you're going to pay for it. Yeah, but the question is, what's the next round going to look like? Mm, that's, yeah. That's right. We'll be all be lining shops, uh, lining up for booster shots for the rest of our lives. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I know this is not models, but I have a friend who is a doctor. She is, she is in the process of stepping back from working the ERs. I mean, you know, she's 53 or uh, might be 52. Regardless, uh, according to her, based on what she knows, the te- there's 10% of the Quebec population that is not vaccinated. That 10% is making up for 50% of those being hospitalized with Omicron. Mm. If that doesn't tell you to get vaccinated, I mean, you you know, everybody else is going to say, ah, that's just some other doctor. I believe her. I went to school with her. I know what her, you know, I know how she's wired, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. If she says this, I'm willing to believe her till the cows come home on that. Ah, uh, we're, we're going to stay away from topics on vaccination because... There's no good comes of it. Some will, some won't. Yeah. I have, I have sort of midline goals. I got in a discussion, uh, you know, I'm vaccinated. I'm not making a, you know, a, a, a case for anything beyond that. I, I think it's a good choice for me. I have seen cases where there are reasons people don't want to get vaccinated. Um, unfortunately in Canada, politics has seemed to got into that discussion rather than just education and, um, you know, 
the proof of here's what the risks are to the vaccine. Here's what your numbers are. You know, those facts seem to have got lost. Now it's let's take away your personal freedoms for it. And I, I think what you're going to do is you're just going to end up entrenching people in their decisions. Uh, you know, whether you're pro or anti, you're, you know, there's, there's reasons you have that. Hopefully they're based on science. Hopefully they're rational things and they're looking at all the risk factors because there are risk factors. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, but I got in a fight with a family member because I had that opinion that, you know, there, there are pros and cons to it and everybody has to make their own decision. And apparently, you know, you were wrong. You were wrong. That's the one that's a non-popular decision. Exactly. So it's, it's a tough one and not something that I, you know, we, we take a stand on, you know, I, I, I know there's reasons for everybody to do what they do. Hopefully you're making the best decisions to keep everybody safe and, uh, modeling for the upcoming years. Uh, you know, as a group, I would say we tend to err on the side of older and, uh, perhaps less physically active than, you know, um, our mountain biking buddies. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, right? We've just got to take our own health seriously, uh, for this year, you know, my wife has been joking about it. You know, this is the year she's got cancer and chemotherapy. And she said, you know, it's probably the best year ever for her to have got this because everybody else is already masking and being careful anyway. So she doesn't have to worry so much about getting something because a lot of people have been very, very careful. So it's crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, what, are you, what are your modeling goals for next year, John? Have you got a number of models you want to hit or a number of hours or what? Nope. What are you looking at doing? Nope. Don't do any of that. Just certain models I want to get built this year. And mm. Mm. my goal, I have one, mm. is to get set up. And build a model. Well, no, not just build a model. No, not just build a one, not just one, two, three. Mm. I have, I have a target in mind though, John. Oh boy. The end of January is the. Well, that's, 20, yeah, that's right. That's the target. The, mm. the 24 hour build is coming up and I've done that every year that I can and really enjoy that. So that is my goal. By the end of January, I have to have found all the tools I need to cut everything apart, build my spray booth and get back to building. That's my, that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Gives me a little bit of time. And I think that's a fair mm -hmm. goal to have. Yeah. You have almost a month. Yep. Or about a month. Let's go with a month. Yeah. Let's go with a month. Yeah. Uh, you know what my hobby is at the moment though, John? Shoveling snow so. off the goddamn driveway here. <laughs> I did that er earlier this morning. <laughs> I'm going to go out and do that. That'll be, well, looking at it, that's probably an hour to an hour and a half of my time today. So, you know, this is taken over from a, a, it gives me my workout. So that's good. But B, it has taken, you know, a chunk of my time that I was not expecting to. I could have told you it was going to. You didn't ask me though. Did you? I, no, I come from the coast. Coast weather. You, I, I know it snowed up here, but I figure it snows, it goes, and then it's green in between. Um, this, this stuff where snow comes and stays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> you got a dose of reality, didn't you? <laughs> okay. I've only ever been up to this area in the summer and it sounded like a good idea when we were thinking about it. And it was called Summerland. Yeah. It's not called Winterland. It's not called Freezer, you know, what's off uh, land. It is called Summerland. Uh-huh. Minus 18 this morning. That is <laughs> not summer. No, nowhere in the world that is summer. Please point out 
This is minus 18 centigrade or Celsius, not minus 18 Fahrenheit. There is a difference. Yeah, minus 18 Celsius with a wind chill, making it minus 27. Mm-hmm. That's properly cold no matter where you are. Uh, it's below, it's just below freezing in Fahrenheit. So yes, it is properly cold. I will agree with you at that point. I don't, I lose my interest in going out if I don't have to. Mm. Yeah. Well, if I've got to go, I've got an appointment to go see a doctor or something or whatever. Yeah. I'll go out for that. But just to go out and say, oh, I've been outside today. Nope. (laughs) I don't have to do that. I'm not going to. I, I have a dog that says you shall take me outside. Oh, you have a dog. Shall we talk about what my little skipper key used to do with me? Oh, it's minus 30, minus 35, wind chill or no wind chill. Let's go for a three-hour walk. I'm sorry, a two and a half hour walk. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Here's a big chain. Go in the backyard, play play yourself out. Yeah, no, walk. Mm. She didn't play in the backyard, wasn't interested. Walk. Ah, okay. Are you going to go to any shows this year, do you think? Maybe. I I mean, you know, I don't even know if it needs, I know some people are planning, and at least it's going to be on. I don't know about that. And I, uh, <laughs> depending what happens between now and then, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, that's about it. Would I like to go? Yes. But there's still what's going on with going on. And it's like, no, I don't, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. It really is a tough one. One of the challenges for me as a nearest show is about four and a half hour drive from here. So. That, and I can't even drive there at the moment, even if there was a show. So that'll be certainly a challenge. It makes it a weekend away instead of just a day. You can't yet. By then you should be able to. Uh, One would hope so. Mm. Uh, I think there's a show in Calgary, whether that goes away or not. That's about uh, eight hours drive, maybe seven or eight hours drive. So Okay. That's like in an L East is for me. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. I, I, I'm not yet into the community here. (laughs) <laughs> I haven't learned if there's anything else. I know there's a little bit of a modeling community that's about an hour drive from me. Mm, Kelowna. Kelowna, yeah. I know there's <laughs> some people in there. I know some of the people up there because they used to come down to the shows down in Vancouver. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I'm not sure what will be happening. And, you know, so many things up in the air for me, but I'm really hoping for a better 2022. All right, last question, John. Do you have anything you're going to challenge yourself to learn from a, from a model building perspective? Yes. Do you want to share it? <laughs> yeah. I have a silhouette cameo sitting here beside me and I'm going to learn how to use it so I can cut vinyl to be used for masks for painting. Oh, very cool. You said, you said you could you paint the stripe on that 69 Super B. It may not happen to the Super B, but... There's the machine. There's the vinyl. I've got the software on the computer. It's just a matter of understanding how it operates. How can I use it? There's a group on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, Mm. I see people doing it left, right, and center. It's like, "Mm, I've got to learn me how to do that. Cool. Cool. That'll be an interesting learning process. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to challenge myself to master the airbrush. Move over from team team. Team spray can to team airbrush. Oh, more power. Mm. Now, uh, the reality is that uh, the new room is laid out differently. The amount of volume that you get out of a spray can is a lot more, and the potential for making a mess on the tile floor. Beautiful uh, tile floor that 
goes all the way through the house, John. I have a plastic tarpaulin around my air booth, my spray booth. Just, I'm just saying. In all the workshop, no. The work where I actually build models, no. There's nothing there. Yeah. The problem that I've got is that... And, the, and, the, and I'm doing this with builder's grade carpet, okay? It's still the original carpet from when the house was built in 1970. <clears throat> Whatever. That's in that room. Mm. Mm. Do, should I really care? I mean, if I was to sell a house, <laughs> nobody's going to leave that carpet there. <laughs> I can guarantee you nobody in their right mind is going to leave that carpet there. Mm. Yeah, I've I've got a wipe that I have to convince that this is a good idea. I do have a drop cloth. I've got a, a builder's fabric cloth that I will use. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be a pain in the ass because um, my workbench, basically I swivel around 180 degrees and mm -hmm. I'm at my spray booth, the way that this room mm -hmm. had to be set mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I can do, you know, I'm either rolling on this all day long or I have to, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. And it's going to so. bunch up. I would suggest a carpet protector. Mm, I don't know what those look like. I'll have to Google them. They're clear. They're clear plastic. They're generally made for a chair. They have little spikes on the bottom that's made to oh. sink into carpet. I had to throw a whole bunch of those out because they are absolutely dangerous on tile floor. Mm, yeah, but you're putting a drop cloth down. Mm. we'll see mm. this this sounds ugly i don't like ugly things john i realize that but what's more ugly putting drop cloth on the floor or paint on the floor well that's why i figured i'll go to the airbrush and uh, if if air, paint is coming out of this um big 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 did i tell you how it was big my spray booth mm -hmm. i think i think i've got bigger problems mm-hmm you might. So we shall see. For what it's worth, I've never dropped any on the floor. Mm. Now you've you've cursed me, haven't you? I in my lifetime, I've only ever knocked over one bottle of paint. Mm. I think the worst that I did was I knocked over an entire full bottle of ink. Oh. At least with paint, you know, there if you're on porcelain, which you said you are, right? Tiles flow it's porcelain. Tiles, yeah, yeah. Lacquer thinner should take out any and all paints you get on them. Yeah, the ink, I look like a Smurf. But that, but then, then unfortunately, it will stink to high heavens while the lacquer is evaporating. It's okay. I have a spray booth in that room. Well, that's true. We shall see. I'm mm -hmm. going to have to set that up mm -hmm. and do a couple mm -hmm. of samples. But that—that's my goal samples. is to drop switch test, over to drop test black paint, black lacquer paint on the tile floor, <laughs> lacquer thinner on top of that. Wipe it up. Uh, well, I'm thinking, you know, based on this, it's kind of a mottled brown. So all of my kits are going to have to be in sort of the brown color. <laughs> oh, you know, maybe I could do a tan interior because if I get drops, it's not going to matter. And, oh, you know, go up to sort of a, well, I might even be able to get away with a, a slightly coppery color as well. But we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I we'll, we'll be hearing more about my progress with the airbrush. Next time around, stay tuned. Next episode. Uh, maybe not. Uh, my goal is uh, the end of the <laughs> month, the end of January. So yeah, that gives me a couple of episodes. Might, it might, it might not. Let's see. Exactly. We are, we are today. The next time we do this is. The 9th, then the 23rd. The 23rd. Imagine that, eh? 
I think. Is that how that goes? Yeah. Yeah. 23. It's not showing up for my, on my calendar on the 9th. or two more. It says, okay, all right, I get it then. 9th and 23rd, and the build would be on the 29th. Yeah, okay, so next time I'll give you a pass, but the time after that, you better have it up. <laughs> yes, sir. Wow. My God, you sound like my wife. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> I'm not going there, and I'm not even going to say anything. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, oh, yes. Believe me, it is. <laughs> Halftime community build update. That deadline is coming up on January 29th. 2022. God, that's scary, isn't it? A month away. Um, also a reminder that more, more than a month away, a month and three days. Yeah. There you go. Still coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Not a worry. Don't figure uh, you've been working on yours. You're going to make it. Should. Assuming there's no decal problems. Right. <laughs> uh, right after that, the 24 hour builds coming up. Oh, that starts on the 29th, the same day we finish. <gasps> mm -hmm. Are you going to play along this year? Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. Let's talk about this three-piece glued-together thing that, we're, ta that we're, we're talking about on Slack. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to glue pieces together? Because we like to paint bodies in one piece when we can. And you can't just glue them before you start? Not, not not without knowing if they fit, which means I have to take them off. And if I'm going to take them off, I may as well glue them on. But isn't that part of the challenge of a 24 build? You just start with what's in the box and you just see what comes up and roll with it. Mm. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? No? Mm. No. Oh, John. I'm, pick I'm picky when it comes to my paint jobs. What can I say? Yeah, but it's not about that. It's just about... The community is about building in 24 hours. It's about having fun. And getting it done. Yeah, that's always a challenge, isn't it? Getting it done. That's the challenge. That's, that's, why, right. it's, that's why I don't understand the trying to uh, change the rules or clarify the rules to get it done. You know, just. As far as I know, the rule exists according to Jim Drew. Ah, I'm not, I'm not inventing this. I think it's a silly rule. Take it out of the box and build it. Mm -hmm. I'm. Maybe I could do that with one of my little trucks. I, I glue everything together when I sit down on that day. I don't do it ahead of time. Oh, oh well. At least the little trucks are snapped together so I don't have to glue nothing together. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> All right. You can do that. I'll let you, I'll let you off if you want to glue three pieces. If you want to pre-paint the body, go ahead and do it. The idea is, you know, I think you're taking away something from the spirit, you know? Your opinion, my opinion. Hmm. Hmm. We differ. What is your opinion? My opinion is I should be allowed. <laughs> uh, why, why don't you pre-paint it, though? Make it just even easier. Where do you draw the line? Why is three parts? That's arbitrary. That, I, I would draw the line there. I would draw the line there. I can't do that. But even three parts, gluing three parts together is somewhat arbitrary, is it not? I guess you could say that, but for me, it's like, no. no. All right. We're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, next monthly build day is coming up January the 8th. Wow. Which is not that far away. 2020. It's weird to see 2022 written down, isn't it, John? Yeah, there's. It still feels like it's 2020. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Weird. 
Hmm. Weird. All right. How's your YouTube channel doing? What have you got coming up on that? Uh, still coming up. There was, well, there was the, yesterday, there was the Merry Christmas from the Can-Am Garage. And coming up next week is the latest of the Can-Am Garage, where I show that the, uh, the chassis dyno had been added to the garage scene. Very nice. Mm. Should be fun. Thank you. Yeah, I think so. It's not very long, but still, it's there. <laughs> we got to talk about your cross promotion because I don't do a lot of YouTube and I forget to look. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have to go and look after this. Oh, well. Oh, boy. Ready for inspection. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for our Patreon producer level sponsors for this episode. They include Chris Martin, Mickey Gerace, Scale Finishes. Classic Truck Modeler Magazine, Ryan Voyer, Elm City Hobbies, Beantown Hobby, David Jenkins, Scale Speed Garage, and Curtis Boxel. You guys are great and help keep us going. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, regardless of what level you're at too, uh, because it does really help us out. Uh, if you are interested in sponsoring us and helping us continue to make the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash modelcarpodcast or modelcar.show slash supporters. There you'll find links to help us out. All right, John. I think until next time, it is Happy New Year. But an A. Sure. <laughs> is, is that French for something? Uh, Happy New Year. Ah, okay, see. <laughs> I, I, it's hard to put subtitles on a, on an audio only podcast. Mm, Got to catch on by now. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Say goodbye, John. Bye.